Um, so Patrick, it's your seventh episode podcast. I know. The Polini Perspective. Oh, are you excited? <laughs> I'm excited, but I feel like so are you. This is seven episodes in. Yeah, I think they're getting better. Most people quit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the seven episode mark is where most people uh, stop recording is and give true? in. A, yeah, on is average. That, is that like the seven year itch? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's literally seven. So you're almost over that hump. I know. Um, we're very excited. But we have I special am the guest. boss, so I could just keep it going, even though I only have like 12 viewers right? or listeners. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Uh, but today we're excited because Britt McHenry is here. Uh, very outspoken, controversial. I think like you're so used to that now. Yeah. Yeah, polarizing, <laughs> firebrand, uh, you know, whatever it is. But I think I'm nicer in person. I don't know. You guys can speak to that. <laughs> so far, so good. Very sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I know because, you know, everybody has two different personas, right? You have your online persona <laughs> and then what you're like in real life. And it, and you are very sweet. Well, it, thank you. First impression. Well, it's it's... It's unique because you see a lot of internet pushback, but when I've gone out, which DC is predominantly liberal, right? That's that's fair. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Uh, votes blue. I've had more people come up to me than they did at ESPN and saying whether they watch like it or not, or they they just follow me and like the opinion. So I think people like authenticity, even if they disagree with it. Yeah, but, much more. But, you know, tweet fingers are always, like, meaner, more aggressive. Absolutely. But, but no, and then I've also had people be like, wow, you're so nice in person. Well, <laughs> you're I, like, I, I want to be this <laughs> dragon eating them, yeah. So, you know, we're producing a weekly show with Britt, and uh, one of the first things I said was much more measured. Yes. In, yeah. in person and certainly on the show that we're testing. Yeah, and how's that I going? Twitter just, you know, sometimes... Like, Clay Travis is a good example. He's a good friend of mine uh, at Fox Sports Radio and OutKick. And he is, like, the most laid-back guy when you have, you know, dinner, drinks with him. And I don't even think, like, with me, I've, I've texted some of my friends back home. I grew up in a really conservative area, like, military town. Yep. And sometimes, genuinely, I think people think I'm doing it for a fact, but... I'll like text my friends and ask, is this that right way? Is this just crazy? Because this is how we grew up. You know, these like, and, and if I'm too out of line, my family will tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're very open about that on your Instagram and yeah. everything. You're always saying, like, whether it's Mike Wilbon or someone, you're always yeah. like, oh, yeah, these people are telling me to tone it down all the time. Oh, yeah, Mike Wilbon definitely told yeah. me. To <laughs> I think it's important to, you know, as long as you formulate those opinions on a case by case basis, I mean, you have to be consistent in your beliefs mm-hmm. and your, you know, your positions on, on core issues. But circumstances change for each. So I might right. be, you know, so-called conservative on a particular issue, but then I might, you know, when it comes to education, yeah. I'm like, you know. Well, you're very much like that. I feel like people yeah. who have listened to this podcast are like, oh, Patrick seems much more um, open to listening to both sides on podcast versus on your Twitter. Because I feel people like... have to listen, right? <laughs> right. And you mentioned it last week. I, I, I do agree. I think this podcast format yeah. is at least allowing people to maybe listen and the and it brings back the whole in, in, you know interview exchange which you don't see on mm-hmm. any of the cable networks anymore it's just yeah. it's just screen and, and we have a ton of topics to get to yeah. but um so have you had any regrets sort of really being yourself cuz that's you no, know I love it really? I really do because I feel like ESPN obviously was a great chapter and especially my 20s to travel all over the place but with so many pressing issues right now in this current climate and just I think getting a little bit older like you prioritize like I'm sure all of us in this room you're more interested in 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 other things as you you 
want you know I want a family soon so there's other things that are more important to me than just the box score in a game yeah. although I do still love that and I watched the game last night can Michigan make a three point shot <laughs> so yes the sports girl's still there okay I'll just I just like to say it just feels good and I think it's relatable to people like I've had police officers and veterans who've messaged me on social media saying like thank you for voicing this opinion because you don't hear it that much right and you you gave us a voice and that to me is like it makes it all worth it. And then there's the haters who just, yeah. no matter what you do, they're just going to hate. Well, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast, too. At least, you know, Patrick has made me think about it of, you know, more of a outspoken, very liberal agenda that seems to be the undercurrent of social media. Yeah. So if you disagree with that, it seems like you are attacked, you know, tenfold. Yeah. Versus if you are going with the general consensus. Yeah. And I've had some, like, DMs, personal messages oh, on <laughs> face when you say DMs. Not like that, not like that. But from from reporters who I used to sit, you know, 10 feet away from in the press box who are heated. And I will say, I can't believe, why would you criticize Kaepernick like this? How yeah. dare you? You don't know what it's like to, to live as a minority male in, in this society. And, and to, you know what? They're right. I welcome their opinions. I'm not going to get nasty and personal with them, but my upbringing was different. So I just think if we had more discussions like this where people said, hey, I'm not saying you don't have your voice, but, like, we just, let's meet somewhere. Like, I I just have a different upbringing than you. Yeah, the concern now is, though, like, you know, the the left left. Yeah. They've made it impossible. You're afraid to have conversations on gun control, pro-choice or pro-lie. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. even at a dinner party, yeah. immigration. It's like if you have an opinion against what they think, right? You're, you're like you're out of the club. Like you're not friends. They disown you on Facebook. It's yeah. It's like you can't even like having dinner parties now. Is like <laughs> Patrick's it's lost all his friends. I literally I didn't have many to begin with. And now I'm like. <laughs> I have the same two guys. I mean, like... Well, and that brings up a point, because we we shared this story about Roseanne, basically the reboot, getting... And they said after, counting DVR numbers and everything... Another six and a half million. Yeah, so she's up to like 25 million views. It's already been renewed for season two. But you had retweeted, Patrick, an article that this is kind of an issue for media. In the sense that this conservative, or Roseanne, who's very conservative, is doing well. So why did you find that surprising? Well, I'm, it's not surprising. I just think it's re, it's it's a, it's refreshing in a way. Mm-hmm. You know that um, you know a lot what they represent as a family uh, okay. are a lot are the people who live in the suburbs of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio. You know areas that Trump basically where he won the election. And but it's interesting this week they came out and made a. On, made a statement that they're not going to say the word Trump in any right. of their future shows. So I found that a little... I don't know where that came from and why they felt they needed to make a statement about that. I think maybe they were concerned that it was people thought the show was going to go very political yeah, week in and week out and turn them away. So they because, But that's a, that's a product, I think, of the media where that was so fixated on instead of just saying, hey, there's 18 million viewers and as... Bram and Guy pointed out on our show, like it or not, like it's really just the two parents. Like they have a lot of diverse issues in the family going on, but that was what was fixated on. So I could understand from just a show perspective, even if you support Trump or you are a Republican, like not wanting it to only be portrayed as that. Yeah, I think the problem right now is if you supported Trump, you're just a bad person to a lot of people. Um, No matter what issue you voted for him on, jobs. 
Yeah. Could have been in a great immigration. Anything. Right. You're just a bad person. Well, people are loving Roseanne. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it was you funny. Couch. Can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. I didn't like it as a kid either. Get a new couch, Roseanne. Come on. I mean, she's been such an outspoken supporter of yeah. his. And I mean, you got to assume the rest of that cast well, was, is super liberal. She, I, I mean, I believe originally though she was a big Bernie Sanders fan. She, yeah. She oh, never liked got it. Hillary. But got that, it. but that was the problem. I tell so many of my friends this. If there was just, and we could we could disagree on this. Personally, there was a more likable Democratic candidate. I think that it really could have been. Well, I, I, I still say I think Biden would have beat him. Absolutely. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because I think those yeah. suburban women, you know, in those counties outside of you know Philly I mean, and and so and forth. I mean the Access Hollywood tape. <laughs> I, I will admit this: the month before that, that weighed on me. I mean, yeah, that was, right. That as a woman, that's really tough. But you weigh it against Hillary. I mean, a month ago or what? No, a couple weeks ago. She was saying if you voted for Trump or your Republican... I might lose some more friends when I say this, but I do think the media... It's your husband. I think the media was very anti-Hillary early on. Yeah. And listen, some of that, like Trump, brings on themselves. But at the same time, they hammered her every day, every day. And it was interesting to see, because I think they were enamored with Trump and the ratings and everything. And then all of a sudden they realized... Uh oh, <laughs> what did we do? Right, and right. They, and then they panicked, and then they said right. she's going to win. It's over. She's going to win, and then obviously. Well, and all politicians do this, but Trump leading up to the election. I mean, you. I'm sure you both remember the 60 Minutes interview that he did, where he was like, "Oh, I'm you know I'm rarely going to tweet once yeah. in office. You know, this was just you know part of my strategy." And of course, we know that's, none of that. That's been true. Okay, <laughs> okay Patrick. <laughs> all right, let's move on to sports. Um, so, Brent, you wrote this great article this week uh-huh. about what the NFL could learn from the MLB. Yes. And it, really in regards to patriotism mm-hmm. and the whole kneeling with the flag issue and the national anthem. So tell us a little bit more about that article. So I had spoken with Fox News about doing more op-ed material uh, with sports and politics, which sounds crazy. An executive there a couple months ago told me, a year ago, two years ago, before Trump, I never wanted sports on the air, right? And now, and a credit to the athletes, they're becoming so vocal on their right. platforms that it's just going to become a regular part of life. So so opening weekend and opening day was last week, and um, we came up with this idea because one of the most touching moments for me in sports was when George W. Bush, whether you liked him or you didn't, after 9-11, oh, yeah. strode out game three in the World Series. Oh, yeah. Through the pitch. I love that 30 for 30. And so I started to really think about it. Through a strike, by the way. What's that? Through a strike, by the way. He loves his baseball. (laughs) He loves the the Rangers. Um, But I I loved that that 30 for 30. Most of his commentary for, like, 15 minutes of it was just, I wanted to throw a strike. Am I going to bounce the ball? It was, like, all about baseball, right? Jeter was great in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I thought about the Astros and, and with Hurricane Harvey and how much that meant to the community. And so... I, look, I got pushback. I got NFL yeah. agents. I got actually um, the Tony Khan, Shad Khan's son. He's really big into analytics of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, you know, the owning family. And he said, I don't like that you said invoke because if you look at the statistics, it's only 1% of the league kneeled. And, you know, so he kind of pushed back on. Uh, what he thought was an overgeneralization. So read it. Let me know. Because yeah, in the article, you're basically saying, do any um, MLB players kneel at all? Did they one. last season? One. Okay. One. Bruce one. Maxwell. Got it. Who also had some issues, uh, domestic violence charges, right? And uh, he had some other, which I was very careful to not put in it because I don't want that, 
you know, um, assumption or cor- that I'm correlating right. off the field issues to you, you meal for the anthem. So only one did, though. Baseball's it's just a different culture, though. Wouldn't you yeah, agree, Patrick? I, I agree. You know, or you disagree with me? No, no, I don't disagree. I just, um, I do agree. I'm not sure it was in vogue. Yeah. I think it, you know, the the press. I mean, it became a, it took on a life of its yeah. own. The whole nailing thing. And then obviously, when the president got heavily involved and, and so forth. Um, but I do, I, I do, you know, I see what you mean about you know, it's the summertime. It's baseball. Mm-hmm. It's Fourth of July, and that's kind of how you. You know, you remember baseball rather right. than the NFL. So I don't know if it's truly more patriotic or if it's just how you feel. It's seasonal thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's spring and it just kind of ties. Well, and I had sent you all this article, but they also just came out and said that the MLB has had the lowest ratings that they've had in a decade. Yeah. So wh- what's your take on that? Why do you think that is? Just the, the, the games are four and a half hours long. So long. <laughs> oh. Is it the game length? Or I think it- it's gotten really regional. Like when I would talk to some of my bosses at ESPN, because I love baseball, and they said, it just doesn't rate. Like, if you're in New York, uh-huh. you watch the Yes Network. If you're here, you watch Masson, which I think is going to be an issue. I am a huge baseball likewise. fan. Played in college. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't watch baseball anymore. So boring. Well, both my kids played soccer. Yeah. Two hours, done, competitive, and, you know, both play in college or played in college. And so I just started getting used to and maybe it's as I got I got older. Mm-hmm. I just can't sit there for plus 162 games. I know it's for a then a yet. one game playoff. It's way too long. And then a five game playoff. I mean, you know, I you know, to me, U.S. sports playoffs I think are just. What I think is great about baseball in the postseason is sort of the, is the length of games, is the drama, is the I, like I agree, postseason baseball to me is way different. than 162 games said so long. God. I know, but someone said this when I wrote that article. Imagine, like, Joe DiMaggio leaving for World War II for three years. Imagine, like, Giancarlo Stanton, just the best hitter in the game, just, like, going to war for three years, which was crazy, you know, and considering, like, at one point in our history that happened, these players, Uh, yeah, you know. So that's also why it's associated with being patriotic, but in terms of just... Kids, I mean, think about young millennials who can't. Plus, the NFL, but keep on, the NFL is still a you know very young league. I mean, 40, yeah. 50 years, mm-hmm. sixty, you know, whatever, sixty years. But it's not baseball goes back to the eighteen hundreds. So I think it was a little. <laughs> yeah. I did see some articles though. They were thinking, you know, that some tweets against you against your article about how people think it could be related to race where there's more black players in the NFL versus baseball. So the the theory that it's more patriotic could actually be a little tainted because you think, well... You know, right. Th- so, uh, which was an interesting point. No, it is. It's you a know, fair point. Which, you know. Well, and you have a lot of more foreign players as well. I mean, you have a and lot of people coming players. from the Dominican right. Republic. and Certainly you know, in baseball, yeah. Right. So, they're probably just not nearly as invested in... And some of their issues are more related to their home country. Right. You know, like, what's But going certainly, baseball is more of a world sport as well. Yeah. Like, each country, like, you know, right, you, look at, right, you go right. to the world games, I mean, baseball is huge. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, so soccer, you were talking about that. Why you were tweeting about the difference between? So it's just a pet peeve of mine. I love how. <laughs> so I'm big European soccer fan, right? And the leagues over there, you play 38 games. Okay. You play each team. There's 19, you know, 20 teams. You play each team twice, so 38 games. And at the end, if you have more points, you're the champ. And you know, U.S. sports got to have the playoffs, got to have, you know, the wild card teams who tend to win the championship, but I don't believe they're the best team. Okay. So I think Villanova was probably the best team this year. Yeah. But sometimes 
certainly in a one-and-done format, you don't get the best team to win the championship. And when I say the best team, the best team over a long period of time. Right, which in Europe you will so get in My soccer. concern with U.S. sports and why maybe a lot of these ratings are down is that the regular season don't matter much anymore. Okay. As, you know, Hockey is a great example. As long as you get into the playoffs, you have as good of a chance to win the championship as the next team. The NFL, maybe, because you get the bye in the NFL, mm-hmm. so the home team does get a significant advantage, only has to win twice before they get to the Super Bowl. But in baseball, they have that one card, and then it's a five. You know, in baseball, you lose that first game. Right. You're in trouble in a five-game series. I, I hate the five-game series. Oh, the Nationals it. would have advanced if it was a seven-game series and, and if in hit, any of those. And if they hit the baseball. but <laughs> Yeah. I, I, you know, I actually I, scored some runs. Not to get off topic, but Dusty Baker had the best quote to the Washington Post. I read it. Yeah, I and it, and it was like, you know, he basically said, I don't, I, people have been telling me what I can't do my whole life. 50 years later, they're still oh, telling me what I can't do. I don't give a blank. Yeah. Um, and, but he really said like, what more would you have wanted from me if we can't hit the ball in the playoffs or in that game five of this last postseason? Every crazy thing happened that could have. Like, do you really blame the manager? The yeah. manager. So yeah. I will say the one thing with the soccer you lose is the drama. So like, Man City is going to win the Premier League this year. Okay, they're probably going to win it this Saturday with six games left. No. So you do lose that. Yeah, I mean, they pretty. You know, they're going to win the championship. Okay. It's just a matter of time. So you lose a little bit of that, but it's. I love the fact that each team plays home and away. Now you have to. The, the other. And then we can move on. The other part of European soccer that I love, not just European soccer, teams get relegated. Right. So they have subdivisions because mm-hmm. it's such a huge sport. So they have five, six, seven subdivisions. So if you're in the second division, the top three teams from that division actually get to go to the Premier League. Okay. And get hundreds of millions of dollars. The bottom three get relegated down to the subdivision and lose all that revenue. Wow. So like in the NBA, you have teams losing on purpose. Mm-hmm. to get draft picks like the Sixers had for the last four or five years. Now they're halfway decent, but, wow. but they would have been relegated. So I do think it. the one thing that is exciting is the fight for the bottom three spots and then some of the top spots as well. So it's just it's preference. I just think that we've minimized our regular season here in the U.S. Are sports. you, Britt, are you a big soccer fan of all the sports you've covered? Or? I, you know, I've... I've Tried to get into the EPL a little bit more. Mostly just, you know, weekends used to be all about the NFL for me. You played me. in college, though, right? I did. I did. I, I played soccer in college, so I love this. I mean, when the World Cup comes around, what, in June, in a couple yeah. months, on, I'm going to be... On Fox. Yeah. On Fox. <laughs> There's uh, a plug. Okay. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be decked out. But no t- no USA, so uh, that's I, that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, I love the to game. Like, for. I could just watch tape, and because I played for... 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, another story that just made the news, and, and you were talking about this, Patrick, is, um, and I'd love to hear your opinion on NFL and cheerleaders, because this story has been getting a ton of attention as far as basically the mistreatment of these yeah. women. Although, this one is tough for me because these women continue to go out for a position that's underpaid. Mm-hmm. They have absolutely ridiculous rules outside of, you know, they can't be around players, they can't be at the same restaurant or, you know, business as a player, yeah. they can't wear sweatpants. This is like out of work. So, do you find that this? Plus, is... they have to do lap dances, literally at some. <laughs> no, seriously, at the games, at basically. certain games, like yeah, some VIPs or you know people in club but, level. Well, it's ridiculous. Do you think cheerleading should go away for a sport? Well, I don't know that's... if cheerleading should go away, but 
the way they treat them should go away. I think it should go away. I mean, what is the point? <laughs> Nobody, yeah, it just, I mean, this is maybe we disagree with Miss Patrick. Uh, Nobody, do, does anyone go to an NFL game to watch cheerleading? No. no. But to me, cheerleading is not the problem. Yeah. Whether it's men, women, whatever. It's how they're being treated. Yeah, is the if you problem. have it, you should be treating them. Better. Right. Yeah. Pay them, treat them well. I mean, have a dance team. Uh, like, they could do things in the community, but they're, I mean. Well, and that's part of the obligation. But there's been lawsuits, too. I believe the Raider, some Raider. Saints and some the Raider. Raider Rats and Saints yeah. have sued. Um, in this, you know, not in this day and age. It should have never been, but certainly in this day and age with everything going on. It just seems to me, why would teams just, you know. I mean, you can pay Roger Goodell at $200 million. You can't give the cheerleaders more than minimum wage. I know. Seriously. It's, do you think that is something that will go away in the NFL, or do you think, like, low priority? They're going to keep For cheerleaders? cheerleaders? Yeah. I think it'll still stay, and I, I will. I, I was hating on them. I will give them uh, some props on community efforts because they do. Some you, you meet diehard Redskins fans; they like to meet the cheerleaders when they come out. And who so, knows why they're going? You know, they may want to be. In, they may be dancers or. Well, yeah, they've got thousands of women that line up right, every season, so. every sports team to audition, and they're well aware of the contracts they have to sign. Which I don't know. To me, is crazy. I'm like, who wants to, you know, for no money, basically, yeah, like a couple hundred when it gets bucks. Cold. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I've looked at these girls on the field more like in awe of I, you're half naked in 20 degree weather. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a bizarre thing. I feel like in it's very bizarre in twenty eighteen. I mean, is that the only professional? I mean, the NBA is have to. I mean, they fired NBA. Chris Cooley, married a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and then she was. Oh, not. that's right. That's right. Wait, was that the first marriage? They're yeah, divorced. First. Okay, that's Sorry. a whole other show. No, that's a whole fan. other show. Yeah. <laughs> what happened in that marriage? We want to know. Brit, all the dirt, you know, leaving the fifth. <laughs> I may or may not know. Uh, Channing Tatum and um, Jenna Dewan got are getting divorced. Yes. Put their announcement out over uh, just Instagram last night. But I thought this was interesting, Patrick. You were saying that you felt like there was something either this was tongue in cheek or you felt like yeah, there was so something more he, there. He tweeted the announcement out and he said, "You know, I want to go directly on Twitter because I don't want it to be, you know, any misrepresentation and." I don't want any alternative facts out there, and he put it in quotes. So I don't know if he was being sarcastic about the president and how he goes directly to his followers. And I believe alternative facts was used by either Sarah Sanders yeah. or Trump at some point and was was made fun of. And then he said, you know, if you read it elsewhere, there'd be some fiction in it. So I don't know if he was being sarcastic or if he truly believes that. Oh, I felt like, yeah, I felt like that was actually fairly sincere, that they were really saying. I couldn't tell if he was saying that he needed to go direct because he didn't want, you know, it to be misrepresented. But it'd be interesting if he was serious. Is this, like, going to be a trend now? Like, no publicists, no, like, they're just going directly to their followers. I think he just used an opportunity to give a Trump jab. Like, have a little jab. See, I don't know his politics, so I don't know if it was a jab or if it was. Yeah. I think we're pretty certain that he's liberal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, pretty certain I, that he's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's available. And, so. and, and nine years. I mean, that's pretty good in Hollywood, right? It really yeah. is. I just was laughing. And admittedly, I thought, oh, Channing Tatum's single. Like, <laughs> any of us have a chance. Like, all these women on social media being like, he's single now. I mean, ladies, you're you know, oh, likely not going to. Men, men, men can have a chance. <laughs> that is true. Jenna is gorgeous. Know. Yeah. No, oh, I no. meant. I chance. <laughs> Or with Janet, yeah, exactly. Well, I, don't know. I, I did find it a little <laughs> funny. 
In this would you be shocked? <laughs> well, you probably would be shocked. But. Well, no, I'm not shocked at all. I mean, you know, Channing Tatum, his whole career started out as like a male stripper. Yeah. So I don't believe for one second he was only stripping for women. Like all those years in Florida. I mean, give me a break. Like what male stripper just strips for women? I don't yeah. think so. Do they have children? I don't even know. They have a daughter. Do they? they have a daughter. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, though. If you go to, because the post was on his Instagram. You go to his Instagram. Like two weeks ago, they looked very coupley and happy. And of course... Things happen behind the scenes we don't know, but right. I found it a bit amusing too that the self-importance in the post. And they I all mean, have let's be they fair. all have these phrases now: lovingly, consciously like uncoupling, you broke up. Co- like uncoupling, yeah. lovingly broke up, and which is which is great. Well, it just you would have thought they were the, the two biggest celebrities in the world reading that post when like when's the last time he, he did a movie? Oh, that's oh. great! I think Magic Mike three did not come out maybe like a year or two ago. Yeah. Maybe it was even Magic Mike. Too. I mean, it's, I can't it's even been remember. a while. So, like Patrick's point. Yeah. Are we going to now see this with everybody? Just no publicists. Yeah, I mean, avo- just going straight avoid, to the... avoid uh, all the you know, you know, tabloid publications yeah. and go straight. See, your Instagram Trump, Trump created, Donald Trump. Yeah, he created a trend. Yeah, I mean, he really has, right? It's just yeah. a direct, direct tweet. Um, also, uh, affluenza boy. Um, oh. <laughs> How is he out of prison? Only two years. The affluenza teen spent <laughs> I don't rem- killing four people in that car accident, and then of course violating probation. But admittedly, I don't remember the trial and why he only received two years. But the fact that he is out. After two years, killing four people? Well, his attorneys argued that because of his affluence, he really wasn't in touch with, you know, normal emotion and um, empathy. And because he had been basically so spoiled. It's always no that, it comes to oh, hair. sorry. No. Um, that he'd been so spoiled that essentially he couldn't really relate. In Texas. That's interesting. Yeah, was, and his I mother, you California, remember. I would have not been, no. Is he the, okay, so is he the son of some wealthy oil owner something like that I don't think they had oil money but the mom also went to jail as well you guys might remember because the mom covered for him yeah exactly so she basically aided and covered in him and you know he was caught on probation smoking weed and drinking videotaped so um, you know the parents helped cover all that up and helped him so she just got out of jail as well but yeah yeah when you sent this I had to click on it it sounds like it's some sort of like virus or disease right an actual well he had the flu and made him you know, brain crazy, so he yeah. drove and killed four people. I mean, I tend to really dislike the term white privilege because I just think that in general, in general, mm-hmm. you can't assume someone's background or the trials and tribulations they've gone through. And I, to me, that is making judgment on race, right? Like at its core. I, and I know the argument against, I can see Sarah's yeah. face, but in this story and the Stanford <laughs> swimmer, I mean, when those instances come up, you're reminded, okay, maybe there is more yeah, to this. There, yeah, there definitely is white privilege. There, there are other examples. I think it's thrown around too much. Exactly. I agree with you, but there definitely is. And there's certainly rich privilege. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And then you combine the two, right? Yeah. White, rich privilege, and, you know... Yeah, you have tend a whole to get away with more than, than than others. I know, and it's so interesting you bring that up. I feel like we should have just talked to you about all the terms that, like, basically people <laughs> give you such a hard time for. But the white privilege thing is, yeah. But you know, and I and again, I've I've gone really hard defending police officers, but this Stefan Clark story oh, that yeah. looks bad. That is undeniable. I mean, what was it? Twenty times he was shot. Twenty times for lifting his phone. Yeah, ten times in the back. And I read that he it, he it was ten minutes before he passed away. I mean, that's he was in yes. that game for ten minutes. So I 
you know, I'm seeing somebody who is in the army for 20 years, and and he's you would think he'd be more conservative, and on this issue, he said, you know, there's training. There we like we need these police officers to be able to um, have better judgment. You know, you yeah. can't just yeah. immediately fire. You have to be under duress, and so it was interesting to kind of hear that perspective. And you can't defend that. So you can't. And, and listen, sometimes it's certainly race related, and then other times it's you know just police related right right so if you know in what way in well, lack of training in what no, Rick's no, saying I'm, like lack of training no, i'm and- saying that i think for the most part juries and judges don't want to convict yeah. or hold police accountable well, the precedent and regardless that, of race yeah right and so you know i think some of the cases we've seen over the years probably have been race related but some of them have been where the policemen have gotten off. And some of them, I think, have been certainly... Um, yeah, but you have a lot going on. I mean, you have... First of all, police unions are incredibly strong. You know, we talk about NRA lobbying. But the police union is insane. And they I they also, help those police officers lots of times. And you also have sort of that whole blue code where lots of cops are not going to talk on each other I, or about think, each other. I think a lot of times it comes down to the legal threshold where mm-hmm. they do get... Um, a lot of protections because of the job that they do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of leeway. Um, but this case does look really bad. Really bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, there's definitely an issue, whether it is with... Tra- I mean, I think it's like all of these. We talk a lot about Parkland gun laws on this podcast mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I think it's more than just regulation. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much there of police need. They need additional training. They, yeah. and, You know, you do have a very strong police union, which... Makes it difficult for people to get prosecuted. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Britt, like it or not, airs on Friday. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about this week. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about this week? Any ideas yet? What's on so your mind? Controversy that- brews. Um, you know, I, I'm curious about how much attention still we're going to give. And I don't mean attention in like a, a bad, negative way, but to the Parkland kids. Because they're still vocal. Yep. And as we saw last week... Uh, I, whether you're for gun control or you're against it, I think there's an interesting debate right now of how how critical and opinionated can you be? Like, is the trend going to be threatening to take advertisers, like boycotts? Right. And, and because once that happened with Laura Ingram, there were people on the, like an MSNBC contributor said something uh, about a right-leaning kid, and then people wanted to boycott that. So um, the freedom of speech and thought might have some risks to it if right. we continue that sort of dangerous uh, I think we've been t- This has been going on for, I think, it's been a slow downhill spiral to where you got to be, you know, you just get attacked for no matter what you say at this point. It's 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 dangerous. It's a dangerous. It's dangerous though because people like the opinion. They like. I really well, think yeah, they do. It's a they hard like, line to follow. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people you're you're paid to do that, but then if you go too far, I mean, we've seen so many examples of people losing their job or having repercussions. So don't worry, Patrick. I will just. I stayed away on Twitter from Parkland. <laughs> uh, so, Brent, what time does like it or not air? Uh, now it's at seven thirty. Okay, so this Patrick? this week it's seven thirty and ten thirty. Seven thirty and ten thirty on Fox Five. Yes. And where can people follow you? Find more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. That's an obvious space. <laughs> at Britt McHenry, two T's, and um, Instagram and Facebook's probably my third 
You okay. use one. I need to up the Facebook a little bit, oh, but it's, don't bother. Or with all the data they keep, you may yeah, not want. Yeah, you right. I, I, it's just there's there's no filter. I mean, the comments, you know, and like your mom's on Facebook. So my poor mom seeing all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. And I like Twitter because it's quick, it's concise, and you can mute really offensive things. And so that's where I'm I'm most seen. Yeah. And well, that, thank and you. Now it's 280 characters, so you could just go crazy. I know there's so much more for you to tweet. Um, Patrick, where's your Twitter that people can follow you? Patrick GM. Fox 5 DC. And we have our Facebook group, right? We, we do, I The think. Polini Perspective, yeah. Fox 5. So if you search that, you can now join the Facebook group. And, of course, we're going to be taking more, like, topics and um, all that. So yeah. you can find it and follow it this week. Britt, so fun. Thank you. I know we're going to have you back. <laughs> do an I hour. Like we just shouldn't even talk topics. Like, I just think we need to talk about your life. And, like, <laughs> I do. I want to hear, like, what your parents think. Do you hear from any ESPN <laughs> colleagues? What's your prediction um, on ESPN? I, my, my parents I, will wait, call I, me I, sometimes. I only maybe make it seven episodes. It might be the Brit perspective <laughs> yes. going forward. Yes, uh, I'm totally... I'm out. I, I DM'd no. you, I think, a couple times. I was like, mm-hmm. you need to launch your own podcast. I'm like, girl... It's... Yeah. Scary. I mean, I'm sure you... No, it's it's cute. My dad... Well, I don't podca- know why. Podcasts are taped, though, which is good. Yeah. You can edit that. I'll get calls from Papa Dukes being like, Brit... <laughs> Do you have some glass of wine, or maybe you should lay off Twitter uh, for a we, couple days? We should do a drinking <laughs> podcast. That would get... Yeah. I think it's great, though. I mean, you've stuck with your convictions. It's certainly yeah. not easy, and I'm sure you, you know, you have a lot of heat on you because of how many social media yeah. followers you have, and, uh, you know, how do you, like, walk that line? I mean, that would be a whole conversation, because I'm sure yeah. with you, you the spotlight is there, so it's like anything you say. Well, it's crazy, and thankfully, I'm not just saying this because you're here. Uh, yeah. Patrick gives me some freedom my agent that was a big thing because a lot of agents oh i bet told me no way don't i mean there is a legitimate i can speak to this fear of a conservative voice coming out they were like no 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 no," especially with your past it might come off the wrong way and i said no this is what i believe in but the first article that started was my own blog it's just a personal blog about colin kaepernick over the summer i legitimately was like Hovering the finger over. (laughs) Have you picked up a lot more followers in the last year, or were you always around that number? Yeah, I I I got a lot. I mean, obviously some viral things that happened. I mean, I went up like (laughs) thirty thousand in one day. That was a lot. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Events that not be named, but um, no, I mean this for sure. You know, because then. And just some of the people who've like tweeted and responded to me, right? Like Kevin Durant and, and all the, you know. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot. But of- there have been instances like the Sports Illustrated controversy. I legitimately just tweeted something out, like not to any celeb. I just I, how I said, why do we have to take our clothes off to be respected now as women? It was something to the effect, of that. right? And then it was a couple hours later. I thought you're going to call me in. It's on People Magazine. It was everywhere. Right. So I think it's more maybe less of just anything personal to me and more of in this day and age you can just go on your personal social media accounts and it could be everywhere right and I thought I I just started to think harnessing that voice for myself is what I want to do now instead of seeing it you know, plastered all over different websites for clickbait. So, yeah. which they do, but at least now I have ownership of it a little bit. Yeah, you're benefiting from yeah. it. I mean, you really are. I mean, okay, we could have a whole, we need you back because we need to just uh, talk branding. All right, anyway. <laughs> <Brand>. <laughs> we 
right? right? I mean, Channing Tatum. So fascinating. <laughs> yes, celebrity dish with you, and then just like you know your yeah. brand. Okay, yeah. um, you guys, thanks for listening and downloading and share the podcast. Be sure to also follow and subscribe on iTunes. It's the Polini Perspective, and leave us a five star review. Tell us how much you love Patrick. Patrick, you're killing it. Thank you. What do we have? Two reviews so far. Get on there, Brett. We need you we, up there. We need some. Well, <laughs> that, with her follow, she's going to tweet this out tomorrow. Please, yes, tomorrow, please. and then uh, hopefully we'll. You might yeah. get low star reviews because I'm on it. Uh, that's all right. Oh my God, that'd be we'll have like a negative of zero stars. Like that actually happens. They're still the, listening though. Oh, that is true. Oh my God, this would be great. We'll have a hundred reviews, all zeros. That's awesome. All right. all right, you guys. I'll be, I'll be like that bad Uber driver. <laughs> right. uh, I'm Sarah Fraser, Patrick Pellini, and Britt McHenry. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining Sarah. us. We'll see you guys next week. 